Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. What is up, everyone, and welcome into ADZ Sports Dallas Primetime. I'm your host, Mauricio Rodriguez, streaming with you live every Sunday through Thursday night at 8 p.m. Central here on Dallas On Demand Sports Talk Network. And as always, remember that it is time for you to hit the like button if you enjoy the show. Welcome, welcome. And tonight I'm excited about the show because last night we broke down my pre-training camp 53-man roster projection. And if you know me, if you have been watching the show since last year, for example, you know that I like getting into those projections. I think it's one of the most fun exercises that you can do to get to know the team a little bit better. But maybe sometimes you don't get to talk about those guys that are on the outside looking in, knocking on the door, fighting with all their might to earn a spot on the 53-man roster. And that's what we're going to do tonight. Uh, I'm going to get into the five underdogs who were the most close, the closest to making last night's projection from my own. And don't worry, I do not expect it to, uh, I do not expect you to remember every single player on my projection. So I will be showing the Excel prediction that I have where all of the names are together. So I'll, I will be doing that throughout the show. So I've got five players in there that I think will be fun to discuss and we'll get We'll have some fun discussing them. Uh, but before we do any of that, though, let me say hi in the chat. We've got Bruce over at YouTube. We've got Toxic. We've got Mark, Aaron, Lance, the guru. Man, I was minding my own business today when I still feel, uh, still felt a little bit guilty about blocking the guru accidentally last night. But I'm glad that he's back in here as well. Uh, shout out to Catherine who says what's going on with Facebook it is saying technical difficulties if anybody else is watching on Facebook and does not have that issue can you please let us know so we know that everything's all right so far though so far though my end of things is showing me that everything is fine but we'll see how it goes on Facebook anyways let's dive right into it tonight on the show I'm excited to get into these players. So, yeah, without any further ado, let me know in the chat, though, before we get started. Let me know in the chat, who are you rooting for? Who is one underdog that you are rooting for to make the team this year? Who's your pet cat, the player that might not make it, but you are rooting for him so hard, but you also believe that has a legitimate chance to making the roster, who's the one player that you feel everyone is forgetting about? Let me know in the chat whether you're watching on Facebook, YouTube, or Twitter. I love, I already love some of your answers, man. 
Isaiah Lamb says Bruce got the toxic use. Gregory says DMC. I would assume you mean uh, you meant JMC, Jalen Moreno Cropper, Gregory. Let me know if that is a case or not. Mark Aaron says number one, Ryan Nall. Alarcon is my pet cat, says Lance Bell. And you guys know that I always root for Isaac. Looking forward to seeing him competing camp. Also looking forward to interviewing him. That might happen soon. Please don't get frozen up like Sky Show, says Guru. Oh, man. Did Sky freeze today? That sucks. I know that feeling if you did. Toxic says, no one, to be honest. Give me the 53 best. I would cut my... Oh, man. What? I would cut my mother if she was the 54th best. Yeah. And just to be clear, like this is one of those fun conversations that I'm, I'm not saying that the Cowboys prefer the number 54, even though he's a worse player than 53. Toxic. You know what I mean with this question. You know, the underdog that we're rooting for. Anyways, let's get into it. Let's get into it right away. My number one player is Rika Dowdle. And I have to start with him because I was so close to giving him the nod over Malik Davis. And if you look at the screen right now, this is the projected offense that we looked at last night. This is my projected 53-man roster projection uh, for offense. And that running back, I carry Tony Pollard, obviously, as the starter, as a starter, who, by the way, apparently is not expected to start on pop tomorrow, but it will be official when Tuesday comes around. Looks like he will be ready to go, according to Todd Arker from ESPN, I believe is the one who tweeted this out. But anyways, Deuce Vaughn also being carried on my projection, six-round draft pick, even if it takes him a while to get on the field and to compete to be the number two guy. I still believe he will be on the roster because he can really provide that different style of playmaker that than some of these other guys cannot. And then I have Hunter Lipke as one of the surprises, uh, surprise appearances on my projection as a fullback and potential power back. But then many are assuming, and he is the consensus favorite to be running back too, by the way, are giving the job to Malik Davis. And it's easy to forget that Rika Dowdle made the team over Davis last year. Just last year this happened. Not only that, but when he was around for the Cowboys, Rika was, he was quite physical. And during those five games, and I know five games is too, I mean, it's very little time. But during those five games, Rika played in a 77, in 67, excuse me, 67% of the special team snaps. He had a role in John Fassel's special teams unit. Now, Malik Davis eventually did as well because over 12 games, Malik Davis played in 52% of the Cowboys special team snaps. But you can see Rico was somewhat of an ace because he was much higher in terms of snap percentage on special teams. Now, there are a lot of variables that go into that for sure. But all I'm saying is Rico Dowdle was liked by the coaching staff. He was liked by John Fassel. And he was also liked by Mike McCarthy. So much so that earlier this offseason, Mike McCarthy took the podium and he said, hey, 
don't forget about Rico. And he referenced that time before he got injured. And he said, Rico was doing a good job for us. So although I left him out of my roster projection, I still have a lot of doubts about who will win that battle between him and Malik Davis. Because as I explained it last night, the way that I look at the running back position right now is, okay, I know that Deuce Vaughn is making it because he was a draft pick and the Cowboys are betting on his upside. But I think that the ones that are really fighting are Malik Davis and Rico Dowdle for both the backup job to Tony Pollard and the roster spot because maybe carrying the two of them would be just a little bit redundant. Maybe I have a wrong read on this, but that's how I feel about it right now. And that's how I see the running back room shaking out. But all I'm saying is do not, do not forget about Rico as Mike McCarthy talked about earlier this year. Let's see what you guys have to say, though, in the chat. I think that uh, it will be Hunter Liebke versus Malik Davis's guru. And Guru also says, Ronald Jones is an experienced veteran running back that the club wants among so many young and experienced backs. That will include two rookies. The thing about Rojo, the thing about Rojo, and I might be in the minority here, I just, I just don't think he's that good. He's got the name because he was with those Tampa Bay Buccaneers team and he had his moments and then he was with the Chiefs. But Rojo wasn't really doing a great job as a running back for the Bucs or the Chiefs towards the end there. I wouldn't look at Rojo as this veteran presence that will not fail. That's how I look at it. At least I would much rather bet on the young guys Rojo, the way that I would describe it could be just that, man, the Cowboys maybe wanted to sign him for him to be kind of like a security blanket in case Pollard was not ready for camp and was not ready for perhaps the start of the regular season. And maybe you wanted somebody with the experience to carry the lion's shares of the carries, maybe. But I would much rather have Malik Davis take the field or Rika Dowdle take the field because I believe they are much more explosive, much more faster. And they would have my bet before Rojo would. I might have a wrong read on this, though. We'll see. Lance says, real talk, Mo. Hey, hopefully, man. Hopefully. I like, I like Malik and I like Rika Dowdle. That's why Rico is my number one underdog on tonight's show. I'm glad. Thank you to everybody on Facebook. Thank you to Tony, and thank you to Mark, Andrew, and Philip. It seems like Facebook is a go, so that is good to hear. Uh, I know that Katharina, though, is still struggling there, maybe refreshing the page, but I cannot tell her because I don't think that she's listening to me right now. Let's see here. Uh, Alarcon says Tony Miles. Hey, could be, could be indeed. Anyways, moving on. To my number two guy, and some of you are going to hate me for this, but I don't care. My number two underdog, and again, this is, oh man, I, I, I hate to do this, but this might be a little bit of cheating on my end, because I don't know if you can call Kelvin Joseph an underdog, but I've got 
him on my list. Because again, the way that I defined the five underdogs who could make the 53-man roster are the top five guys that just missed the cut for me last night on my projection that you are seeing on the screen right now. And let me tell you, Kelvin Joseph was one of those guys. And Kelvin's seat has gotten hotter every year since he's arrived at the NFL because we have not seen him be the cornerback that we thought he could be on the outside. And the Cowboys seem to agree. Because even though he was drafted as high as the second round, even though the Cowboys seemed to really like him, Kelvin Joseph is still getting some significant reps in practice, apparently. And the Cowboys are even trying him at nickel cornerback, where it seems like that would be his fastest path to playing time. Because Stephon Gilmore, Trevon Diggs, or Manning the outside, if one of them goes down, the Ron Bland would probably be kicked outside because he already proved that he can also man that position last year as a rookie. And maybe KJ is being given that chance because Jordan Lewis is fighting back from an injury, not to mention there's a financial aspect to the Jordan Lewis decision because he's owed bigger money, to put it one way. So I think that Kelvin Joseph, although he's not on my roster projection, he can be one of the underdogs right there for A, the fact that he could win the nickel cornerback battle against Jordan Lewis if Jordan Lewis and his health are an issue for the Cowboys moving forward. And then most importantly, Joseph was a special team's ace for the Cowboys. Let's give it a number, shall we? He played in 70% of the special team's reps last year. That was third on the team behind Luke Gifford and behind CJ Goodwin. And the Cowboys already lost Luke Gifford. Do they want to lose two of their top three aces on special teams? So Kelvin Joseph is in the conversation to make the roster. He was not on my projection last night, but he can make it. He can really get himself into that 53-man roster again. And that's the reason why he's on this list. Because again, my underdogs are defined as the top five guys that just missed the cut and guys that I believe have a chance to make the team. And guys that are maybe not as popular picks to make the roster. Let's see what you guys have to say, though, in the chat. Toxic Tom says, there is nothing KJ can do for me wanting me to keep him. He has been awful on and off the field. And yeah, I'm not necessarily rooting for him. I'm just giving the underdogs that could, could end up making it. But that's a very valid comment, honestly. Uh, let's see, though. KJ is lucky, says Lance, to make the cleanup crew at the stadium. He's done. Mark Aaron, though, says, I agree with you on KJ. Let's, we're going to put a user on timeout. It's not going to be Guru. It's not going to be Guru. But we're going to put a username, a user there in timeout just for me to avoid getting caught off guard. 
Alarcón says, Danny Savage could surprise easier play zero tech. He's strong and stout and will be hard to move. Now, the bad news there is that although my original assumption was that he was looking to be a nose tackle as well, it sounds like Isaac is getting ready to play three technique. though, Because in an interview, in a media session that he had in the locker room during minicamp, he was asked about his preparation and he talked about how he was learning from Osa and he was learning from Neville Gallimore because, and his words were, that's the position that I'm getting ready to play. And he kind of meant like that type of defensive tackle position. In other words, he meant playing uh, three technique apparently. So I, I agree because man, he's big. Like that's the biggest trait that Isaac has going for him is the size and the height and all of that. So that is a problem though. That, that, that is a problem. The fact that he's not getting ready to, to play no tackle. I wonder how that would have played out, but yeah. Danny says he's six, six, three tech. Dan Quinn doesn't like him. Now the irony in this whole situation is that Dan Quinn is the guy who asked for Isaac to move to defense. He was like, hey, let me have a shot at him. Let me play with him a little bit. So that that's weird. That's weird. But anyways, we'll see what happens with Isaac, though. Moving on to my number three and one of my favorite guys on the list. This is one that, yes, I will be rooting for hard when training camp starts on Wednesday, and especially when the Pats come on. And I say Wednesday because that's when the Pats are coming on. But uh, no, excuse me when the first practice will take place. And then in practice number six, we'll see the paths come on at least. That's what the rules allow for. But give me Isaiah Lamb as my number three underdog that could make the team. And on a side note, that I really want to make the team. Isaiah Lamb would fit in, honestly, in my opinion, as an edge rusher more than as a linebacker. The context there is that at Florida A&M, he was more of a pass rusher. But then in the Senior Bowl, he took on the challenge to start practicing as an off-ball linebacker and really get his feet wet in that conversation. And then you could just see his traits and see the length that he has, the bend that he has, and just the the honestly at times very explosive athleticism. And you can see him being this Dan Queen type player that can do several things at times. Dual role players, as Dan Queen called them earlier this offseason. Isaiah Land could very well be a hybrid off-ball linebacker that spends most of, it, of the time rushing the passer from the edge. And keep this in mind as well. He was in Dan Queen's radar long before the 2023 NFL draft and subsequent UDFA process. Because according to Quinn, and he said this in one of those press conferences, he said that he had his eyes on land since he was scouting Marquise Bell, who was, you know, signed out of Florida A&M as well. So I look at Isaiah Land and I could see the Cowboys saying, okay, we've got Mike and we've got Lawrence. And then Williamson Armstrong as these sort of established edge rushers on the team. Could we 
perhaps find a way to get Fowler in there, to have this experienced group of players going after the quarterback? And then could we find a sixth spot for Isaiah Land, which would be more than anything a 53rd spot? That means maybe cutting one of the defensive tackles that we have in my projection, or maybe cutting one of the cornerbacks, maybe even one of the safeties, going short at, other, at another position so you can go long at edge rusher. That's the battle that Land is going to have to really go through to make that 53-man roster. It won't be about beating Fowler or beating Armstrong or beating Williams, of course, because he's not going to. It will be more about showing the Cowboys, hey, I've got enough upside and also enough of a floor for you to make a sacrifice elsewhere and me to be on your team. And Isaiah Land has the traits that you know that Dan Quinn likes, and Quinn himself has told us that he has his eyes on him since last year. This could be one of those surprises on the roster when it's all said and done. Watch out for Isaiah Land. For many people, he was a draftable player. After the Cowboys signed him as a UDFA, he's been one of the most praised signings in the entire NFL. Like People have called the Cowboys UDFA class one of the best. And in big part, thanks to Isaiah Land being there. So we'll see. We'll see. Let's watch out for Isaiah Land because he could be an interesting player to watch. Let's see some of your comments, though, right now. Toxic Thompson says, I just don't see Land beating out Dante Fowler Jr. or being defensive end six. I would have a tough time seeing him beat Fowler. I agree with that. I wonder, do the Cowboys carry six edge rushers? And maybe, like, looking at this from the point of view of my projection that we've got on screen right now, could you get Gallimore out of the picture? Because you already have three three technique type layers and get Lyant in there. Or could you get man, I don't think that you get Goodwin out of the out of here, especially if I don't think that you want to lose your top three special teams players like that. But could you get rid of Goodwin to give you another example and then sneak land in there? At safeties, I just think that Marquise Bell could be the one that you cut. I don't see any of the other four guys being cut. Hooker, Wilson, Kyrgios, Mukwamu are locks at this point, in my opinion. I agree, though. He's not beating Dante Fowler. He's not beating Dorrance Armstrong. And he's certainly not beating any other of the top three guys, like Michael Lawrence and Williams. Top three guys in my list. Anyways... Watch out for Isaiah Land. He's one of my underdogs. Let's see what you guys have to say, though, in the chat. Shout out to John, who's joining the show. Land says, Masi and Overshone will shine at training camp. That's a prediction that Danny does not like as he fires back. Please stop with Overshone. <laughs> if Sam played 10 snaps a game, how many do you think he's playing? He's 216 with his Cowboys hat. Is Danny Savage about Overshone? Man, I think that Overshone will get to play on special teams. That's how I look at Overshone right now. Uh, let's see. 
Bruce says, the question was, who is your underdog to make the roster? Hey, shout out to Bruce, who's taking care of those who are just tuning into the show. Anyways, moving on to my number four player that to me is an underdog and who could make the roster and that I had a tough time cutting in my projection from last night. Give me, at linebacker, Devin Harper. That was a tough cut for me last night. I went very short at linebacker in my projection. I just went with four guys. LV, the Mon Clark, who I look at as starters for the team. And then Jarrell Cox, who could be fighting, man. I mean, like, maybe he could put up a fight to be linebacker number two. I really don't know if the Cowboys are going to end up adding somebody to the roster. Kind of like when they added Anthony Barr in August of last year. I don't think that Jabril Cox is going to be cut, personally. And then the Marvian Overshone, to me, is a roster lock after being picked in the third round as well. But can the Cowboys carry a fifth backer? And if they do... I would assume it's going to be Devin Harper over Malik Jefferson, personally. Devin Harper was drafted in the seventh round of last year, and from the moment that he was drafted, it seemed like he was a special teams pick. It didn't seem like they were aiming for him to play defense, even in the future. It felt like he was a special teamer type player. And during the three games, his first three games, by the way, in the NFL, he had a 66% snap count over the first three games. Then he got injured and he was lost. Didn't come back. If he stays healthy, he could come back and he can easily, easily enter a spot through special teams. Specifically, I'm not going to try to tell you that, oh, I see Devin Harper as a big time piece on defense or anything like that. I'm going to keep it real and I'm going to say for special teams, Devin Harper would make sense on the team. He would. Let's see what you guys have to say uh, in the chat. So much talent, says Lance. Danny says, Jabril Cox is a big safety. I have been saying that from day one. I don't know about that. I don't know if he would have that role, though, on the Cowboys defense. Like, you already have Jaron Kears, and that's a big safety that you want out there, in my opinion. Let's see. I could see us trading for a linebacker, says Mark Aaron. I would have to look into the linebacker market for that. But yeah, like that's one position that you could see the Cowboys addressing at this point. That and maybe cornerback, just because you can't ever have enough cornerbacks. Cut Dowdle trade for Derrick Henry, says John. I don't I don't see that happening. That that feels like Madden, a, a Madden type move. To me. Anyways, my number five underdog, and then we'll get out of here as the Cowboys get ready to report to training camp on Tuesday. My number five underdog, I am cheating again, but this time I seriously am cheating, and I won't apologize because it's not, this show is not a democracy. I'm sorry. But my number five underdog is. A wide receiver number six. And I know that answer sucks. 
But give me the following group of players. Give me one of them to be my number five underdog. And that would be Dennis Houston, Jalen Moreno Cropper, or even David Durden, who I could see the Cowboys liking more than the public. Here's what I mean, though. And let me, let me know in the chat which of those three wide receivers would you rather have on the roster? If one of them is guaranteed to make it, would you rather have Dennis Houston make it, Jalen Moreno Cropper, the UDFA, make it, or David Durden, the other UDFA, and who has become a little bit famous through those the athletic articles that called him Prospect X? Let me know in the chat. But here's my logic for this one. You look at the wide receiver room, and yes, you have C.D., Gallup, and Brandon Cooks. And then that bottom of the depth chart is kind of fun because we're excited about Tolbert battling it out with Simi Fehoko for the number four wide receiver role. And we're excited about Kevontae Turpin because he's a fun returner to watch. But that's a shaky bottom of the depth chart as well. We don't know who Jalen Tolbert is. Like, not even knocking him or praising him. We just don't know. We did not see him play. And the little that we saw was not exactly promising. But even, but we cannot even draw conclusions from that because it was very a very limited exposure to who, who Jalen Tolbert was as an NFL player. Training camp, hopefully, will give us a better idea, though. And then for Fihoko, it's kind of more or less the same. We've seen some flashes of good stuff. We've seen that size and speed combo that everyone talks about. We all have a very clear idea of how he could end up working inside of Mike McCarthy's Texas Coast offense. All of that makes sense, but he has not stayed healthy in past years, so we don't really know who Simi Fihoko is either. And then, on top of that, do the Cowboys really need, keyword need, Turpin to contribute on offense for them to be convinced to carry him on the roster? Because Mike McCarthy said that, and I'm not sure that he said it any lightly. He said, Turpin needs to step up on offense. And it was on a serious note. He wasn't having fun or anything like that. McCarthy just kind of let it be known, yes, Turpin needs to do more than he did last year. And that's because last year he did not do much. The Cowboys involved him in certain gadgety type plays, but can he run a route? Can he do more than just go in motion before the play starts in a jet sweep type motion to either draw attention to himself or to carry the rock? Can he run his land? Can he run a skinny post? Can he do all of that? I'm not sure the answer is yes. And not to mention, injuries do happen, and it would take just one injury, and of course, knock on wood, to get one of those guys into the roster, right? Either Jalen Moreno Cropper, or Dennis Houston, or David Durden. Let's see what you guys have to say, though, in the chat. Scrap him all, says Lance. Bruce goes with Houston. Please do not start Houston again, says Mark Aaron. None of them at the moment, says Toxic Tom. Let's see, though. Cropper, of those three, he has the best burst and has limited return skills. 
I'm, I'm going to give some love to David Durden here just because the Cowboys scouting director, and I forget his name. Is it Mitch Lapointe? He was quoted on the Athletic article as saying that they see him as Noah Brown 2.0. And hey, for his special teamer, that is valuable. That is valuable. So don't rule him out so quickly. David Durden could be better liked by the coaching staff and the front office than by us. Don't dismiss him just yet. I'm also excited about Moreno Cropper, though. Tolbert does not offer special teams help or flex as a guru. It's kind of the thing about Turpin, too. Like, I, I am a skeptic about Turpin's value as a returner, not because of who he is as a player, just because of where the rules are at right now with the new rule allowing for you to call for a fair catch from pretty much anywhere and have it be placed at the 25-yard line. I wonder about that because then if, if you don't keep Turpin, though, who ends up fielding the kickoffs and the punts? Because even if the kickoffs become a scenario where you don't want to return kicks as a general philosophy, punts you will need to return. And I don't know who takes over that if it's not Turpin. Like Deuce Vaughn could get himself into that conversation, and hopefully he will, but it's not something that he did in college. Now, granted, John Fassel did talk about this as well earlier in the year, and he said that really doesn't matter. There are guys who did it in college, and then we're not able to do it in the NFL, and vice versa. Guru says, what about the seven-round pick wide receiver Jalen Brooks? Is he, is he not a Noah Brown type? Yeah, it would have been fair to include him in that question. I'm sorry about that. That's a good point. Jalen Brooks could end up being a surprise as well. Overall, though, I'm not very high on any of these wideouts at the bottom of the depth chart. Like They could be uh, Tolbert or Fajoko could be a solid number four, hopefully. But I don't, I don't know about somebody else there. I don't know about somebody else there. Gerald says, what happened to Josh Ball? Uh, nothing. He will be, of course, uh, at training camp. This, what we're seeing in the screen, for those of you who are just joining the show, though, is my projection. I didn't include Josh Ball in my projection. I just think that Matt Woletsko has arised as a top swing tackle option for the Cowboys. And I think that they keep Asim Richards, who they just drafted for the future. I think that Josh Ball is in the hot seat, and I don't have him in my projection. Uh, but he's still there, and he will still fight for his spot. So it will be a fun position to watch as well. Anyways, ladies and gentlemen, that will be it for me tonight here on the show. Uh, just want to go through some news very quickly. Zach Martin was not on the team's plane to Oxnard today, but that does not necessarily mean anything. What will matter is tomorrow. Does he show up? Because Martin has basically two options. One, he can hold out. He can not show up to Oxnard and be fined a daily $50,000 because NFL players are not like us and they earn tons of money. So he can be fined $50,000. 
which according to Cowboys insider David Heldman, he estimated on Twitter that if he misses out on all of Oxnard, he would be losing out on like $1 million. So does he go down that route or does he show up and basically does not practice? Because many players are doing that nowadays in the NFL because of the new rules. He could do that. They call it a hold-in. You show up, you simply do not practice. And everyone understands why you're not practicing. Maybe the official version of the team is that, oh yeah, his pinky finger hurts a little bit or something like that. But that could happen tomorrow. Let's stay tuned for that. If he doesn't show up, and that's a strong message because for him to be willing to say, you know what? Yeah, go ahead and find me $50,000 every day. I'm not happy with the situation and I want my contract done now. Maybe that's a very strong message. Maybe that is a very strong message and maybe that's what Martin wants to do and his camp. And maybe they feel like, when they renegotiate that deal, they can still get that money back. Not in the form of a refund because teams cannot, can no longer do that according to the current CVA. But through a higher salary period, that could happen. Ladies and gentlemen, that will be it for me tonight on the show. Thank you so much for tuning in. Catherine, I don't know. I don't know what went wrong with Facebook. I know that some people were able to watch it, though, and that, that was curious. But do me a favor and hit the like button. I will check on Facebook. I don't think that the Yankees should trade Aaron Judge. Don't do me like that. Please. I, I think they should trade for Shohei. Let's get Shohei. Let's have some fun. Thank you so much. See you tomorrow. Bye-bye.